Welcome to the third edition of the Monday Mailbag. My name is Chris, and I'm here with the Cotton Club crew, and I am excited to get your week started off on the right foot. Since the last time we've talked, we had some pretty obvious but still exciting basketball news, as well as some solid outings from the baseball and softball team. So why don't we get right into these questions? The first question is that baseball took the series against TCU. What are the biggest positives, and what are the biggest areas of concern for the baseball team? So quick recap, because I'm sure the guys will talk about it. Uh, We took the first game of the series on Friday, lost on Saturday, won on Sunday. Pretty quick positives, putting up runs. I mean, it's pretty much been the thing that has kept us alive this entire season is the ability to put up runs. And the bats were alive on on Friday. Well, pretty much alive all weekend, but Friday was a 20-run win to 16 against TCU. That game started off pretty slow. I know the guys will get into it. Just a quick recap, like I said. That game started off really, really slow for Tech, and we saw ourselves in an 8-0 hole in the second inning, but had uh, those middle innings were key for us, and then being able to bounce back and take the lead and then eventually win it, What a that was the most exciting game I've seen all season. And in, I mean, there, we've had a few, but that one probably takes a cake right now. Uh, Saturday, we lost 10-7. to You know, it's unfortunate that this bullpen is playing the way that they are and allowed 10 runs. But, you know, still, we are capable of putting up more than 7 runs. But as I said last week and as I kind of said on the uh, episode from Tuesday, it's unfortunate that you got to rely on your guys to put up that many runs in order to come away with victories. You should be able to rely on that bullpen every now and then. But that just hasn't been the case for Texas Tech because... You know, recently the most amount of points that we've really, the least amount of points that we've allowed in the past, I'd say, month would be the one. I mean, we beat Oklahoma State 12 to 1. That was a pretty solid outing, but it seemed to be pretty much an outlier because for the most part, we've been having to put up a lot of runs in order to come away with victories. And especially this past two weeks, I mean, hopefully this bullpen kind of gets going and gets their feet under them, but. It might just be a tail all season where we're kind of relying on those bats to keep us in these games and win them. And that might not be a good recipe heading into the playoffs and heading into, you know, your regional sectionals and all that stuff like that. Don't even want to get started on the college World Series talk if we're going to have to keep on relying on our batters to save us when our pitchers and kind of rotation guys are not really doing much for us. So that's kind of the recap. Positives, I'd go with a hitting obviously there's nothing really you can say bad about the hitting right now the bats every now and then they'll kind of fall asleep but for the most part they're the only thing that's keeping us in these games and allowing us to win and the negatives have got to be the pitching and the rotation and just not being able to find you know a rhythm in that side of the ball and not being able to and obviously it's on the defense as a whole you got guys making errors you got guys you know not being smart with the ball and not being able to make the right plays but for the most part, it's kind of just coming down to the pitching and not being able to get guys out and not being able to allow. I mean, home runs are just being allowed so much. I mean, yesterday there were some, Saturday Sunday, Saturday and Friday there were plenty, but I'm hoping to see this team kind of turn it around and make sure that we get the pitching kind of settled down. But I'll let the guys kind of go more in deep. They kind of know a little bit more about that side than I do, so I'll let them get in more in depth on that part. Uh, the second question 
is obviously about the biggest news around Texas Tech right now, that Grant McCaslin is officially the guy. Anybody from the North Texas squad that you'd want to bring over. So I will say the one that I really, really wanted to bring over, but unfortunately I think he exhausted all of his eligibility. That was Kai Hunsberry, number 10 on the mean green. He was probably my favorite player to watch all of the NIT. He was playing defense out of his mind and that's essentially what we're looking for at Texas Tech right now. And you see, you know, you have Grant McCaslin as the head coach and you know the defense is going to be coming. So being able to add a guy like that would have been great for this team. Unfortunately, I don't think he has any more eligibility. So that is out of the question. But that's okay because that team was filled with guys that are going to play hard and are going to actually try to contribute on both sides of the ball, which is what you like to see. So few other guys that I see that I may kind of a little bit more interested in getting is Abu Uzmain. Hopefully I pronounced that right. I feel like I did, at least from what I heard on the announcers, how they pronounce it. So hopefully that is right. Sorry if it isn't, but he's one of their big guys and he still has quite a little bit. I think he has a few years left of eligibility. So he's a big guy. He kind of played in the middle for North Texas and he held down the paint area He's somebody that I enjoyed watching as well when he was in. That could just be another big body to help kind of replace what we're losing from that side of the ball. Or not that side of the ball, from that position on the team. Obviously, we're losing Fardaz. I don't assume that he's coming back. He's probably one of the ones that I feel like isn't coming back. And then Robert Jennings is another power forward slash big guy that we're going to lose. So adding a guy like Usman would actually really help this team. I know we have Daniel Bacho, and maybe this year wasn't the year that we were hoping from him, but next year we could see some bigger things from him. However, I do think that it would be a great thing to get some more solid depth in there. And why not add a guy who's already played in this system, kind of knows how to do it, probably a little bit more sound on the defensive end. Obviously, Daniel Bacho is a great shot blocker, but he does get into foul trouble, and he is a guy that relies a little bit more on athleticism, which is fine. You know, if you can do that, then you can do that. But I definitely want to see them add this guy and add him to kind of solidify the defense and possibly compete with Bacho for starting minutes. And the other guy I think is probably the most popular pick is Tyler Perry. Now, this one is a little bit tricky because him and Pop Isaacs kind of play that same role where they're that point guard who I think Tyler Perry is a lot more sound of the defensive end than Pop Isaacs, but they're pretty much the two guys that are going to be scoring a lot more of your points. Uh, North Texas has been criticized rightfully, maybe not criticized because obviously it's ended up in them winning, but their kind of downfall, or I'm looking for a better word for that, maybe the part of their game that isn't as emphasized as a defense is on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously they're not one of the, better offensive teams in the nation, but they do what they need to do on defense. And Tyler Perry still managed to get 17 plus points a game and was the Conference USA Player of the Year. So seeing a guy like that being able to thrive in that type of defensive oriented team, bringing him to Lubbock, why not? I mean, him and Pop Isaacs, maybe if we lose Davion Harmon, I don't see us doing that, but maybe if we do lose Davion Harmon, I could see us going after a guy like him and running that two-guard system, although they are both on the shorter-ish side, so maybe having them both on the court at the same time would kind of limit us on the defensive end. However, it never hurts to have two guys who love to score for this team, and I'll get to it a little bit later when we talk about our offensive or the assistant coaches that um, I'm looking forward to hopefully hiring, 
But those are two guys that I think could have a great impact whether or not they're on the same team. So Tyler Perry, definitely one of those guys that I want to see us take a look at at least. Usman seems kind of like a maybe like not not necessarily a sure thing because I don't know how heavily he's going to be recruited. But he's a guy that will fit the culture, obviously. He's, he was with uh, Grant McCaslin. And he's a guy that I think that we will see in Lubbock shortly. Now, the next question that we're going to get into is about softball. So how, do, how are you feeling about the softball squad after their bounce back went over Iowa State? So this one, obviously, I'll let the guys talk a little bit more about too. But they did the same thing as... Uh, the baseball team where they won the first game lost the second won the third and honestly that was a pretty solid outing I didn't know how to feel about it going into Iowa State but I am pleased with the outcome you know you always want to win you always want to sweep a team but this softball team is making strides in the right direction obviously getting prepared for a team like Oklahoma who's the best team in the nation is tough but being able to win that series two out of three, being able to come away with something to talk about is great for this team. I'm looking forward to seeing how they do against Oklahoma. It is completely out of this world to ask for a seat, a sweep against Oklahoma. And you know what? You're probably not going to win this series. You know, you want to be optimistic. I am optimistic. I do believe that the girls could pull it out, but Oklahoma is the number one team in the nation and has only lost one game for a reason because they are very talented and they've established a very good culture over there. However, I would like to see us at least get one game, keep these games closed, don't get just completely blown out of the water. But, yeah, I do think that this is going to be a tough series to win. However, I do want to see these girls kind of pull one out and, who knows, maybe pull out two games and win this series and get some more momentum going forward. And as we get later into the season, kind of establishing yourselves in that Big 12 and national picture. So, why not? You know, I'm proud of these girls. They've improved from last season and they're showing that heart and that grit that we like to see we have some key performers you know pitching and hitting and you know that's what you like to see going into a series that you're going to likely have to really really dig down deep in order to win but I'm excited for these girls I'm excited for the future excited to see what they got going the fourth and final question from the fans is the has to do with the basketball team again who's the assistant coach you've most or you're most hoping to see join the new basketball staff There are a few names floating around here and there. I think that the most popular name that I have seen, and one of the most exciting ones, probably the number one on my list, and a few lists that I have seen from fellow Texas Tech accounts and personalities, is Ben McCollum, the uh, D2 offensive wizard, as he has been called. Um, Just go and type in on YouTube Ben McCollum basketball and watch some of the first videos that come up, and you'll see exactly what I'm about to talk about. Is the offensive genius that he is and the way that his teams play offense I mean he's an established coach at that level has won national championships had solid teams and regardless of if it's in D2 or not teams are starting to take note high level coaches are starting to take note of what he's doing there and kind of try to implement it into their games if you watch a game pretty much everybody's moving at all times and the pick and pop motion that they do And what they do off of that is beautiful. You see in one of the videos that I've watched, 
you know, you got the big man coming over trying to set the screen. Pretty much always trying to force the defender to go over the screen as far as what they were doing on those plays. Get him to go over the screen so that he was left wide open for the pop. And he made those, it pretty much was wide open, made the threes that he was given because the defense went with the ball handler. And it was beautiful to watch. And then watching some more, seeing what they did off of that, seeing how they used that uh, screen motion to kind of open up stuff for a backdoor cut. It's just pretty much everybody's moving at all times, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful to watch, and it's something that I think we can hopefully expect to see in Lubbock. Obviously, I've seen some reports on Twitter saying that they have reached out to Ben McCollum, and he did just recently, uh, I don't know how recently, but declined the Buffalo job, which, I mean, would be a step up. Obviously, Buffalo has made their fair share of national of uh, tournament appearances in recent history, some against Texas Tech. Um, but seeing a team like Buffalo reach out to the guy and have him kind of decline that kind of gives you a feeling that maybe he's looking to join uh, his friend Grant McCaslin in Lubbock. They're obviously pretty close and should hopefully expect to see him in Lubbock next year, help, uh, helping on the offensive side. That's something that... Rightfully so, fans have been kind of questioning about the hire. He's pro- I have all the faith in the world about Grant McCaslin, but fixing the offense is something that we need to do, and having a guy like McCollum there to do that would be great for this team. And another name I think I mentioned last week is a return of a familiar face in Barrett Peary. He left this past season, went to UNLV, I think, and you know I don't think the relationship is soured. I don't know the exact reasons why he left or whatever. I don't think that it's, you know, people that are still here or whatnot or if there was really anything bad. He just kind of left. And he's a guy that I think could return and do big things for Texas Tech. I think that, you know, having him return in that role would be great for this team. I hope that he does. I mean, adding both of these guys, being able to have two solid offensive minds together, uh, helping the Red Raiders, would be great. I really do want to see what happens with this assistant coaching hire. And I'm hoping to see Barrett Peary return because he was a guy that the fans really loved and someone that was respected by the players when he was there. So why not just bring him back and see if we can right the ship on offense. So that is the end of the questions for today. i got to have a little bit more time here to talk. So I think I'm just going to address a little bit of the NCAA tournament that's been going on. Obviously, we had... The final four take place this weekend. We had a really great ending with San Diego State and Florida Atlantic. And then we had the kind of dud of a game between UConn and Miami, which wasn't a dud for UConn. They are clearly showing that they are having what a, a fantastic season. I mean, UConn, if not for the number that was in front of them, you would really be talking about this as a great season for them. They had a little bit of a lull in there. Big East schedule, but they're undefeated in non-conference games, and that just goes to show you that the UConn Huskies are kind of trying to make a run back. You know, they have the right hurt, they have the right uh, hire in Dan Hurley. They took a few years to get right on, get on the ship, get right the ship. But you know, I'm excited to see this matchup. I think that San Diego State does have a little bit more of the chance than people are giving them. I do believe that this defense could hold strong against the talent that UConn has. And I really want to see how San Diego State does on the offensive side because they haven't really put up that many points. 
but they were able to, I mean, they made that last shot of the game against Florida Atlantic without their two best offensive players on the floor. They were kind of looking to play a little bit more defense, call a timeout, and then create a play or get a play going. But instead, they played solid defense, and they allowed uh, they allowed the guy who rebounded it completely. I think it was Butler. They allowed him to take it down the court and kind of make a play on his own. And it was fun to watch. It was insane. That game, I mean, what a way to start off the weekend with that type of game. And, you know, maybe... I, I shouldn't have called the UConn game a dud. It was just kind of over before it even started. UConn kind of jumped out on them and really didn't allow them to get too close of a to close the gap much. But I mean, I, I like seeing dominant basketball. I like seeing one team kind of show that they're a lot better than the other. I also, I mean, I don't mind seeing a buzzer beater here and whatnot. But I may be in the minority here in saying that I don't mind these games that kind of you know result in blowouts or kind of show you one team dominating. I like to see one team play to their strengths and, you know, shut down a team completely. It's a beautiful part of the game of basketball. So why not, you know, I'm hoping for the, I mean, I want the championship game to be a lot better than that game with UConn and Miami. But, you know, UConn might just be the best team this season and might just dominate San Diego State. And then we can say, you know, the Huskies were a little bit underseeded, but they kind of did that to themselves while losing a few games, but they were still definitely one of the more talented teams coming into the tournament. But, um, yeah, that should be it for the Monday mailbag. I mean, we have a lot going on in the world of Texas Tech now that we have Grant McCaslin. His introductory pre- introduction press conference is today, Monday, at 4 o'clock. I don't know if that's Eastern or uh, Central time, but be on the lookout for that, kind of see what he talks about. Maybe he'll have a little bit more news going on with the assistant coaches and kind of talking about the future of Texas Tech. I think this guy is going to be a solid hire. I think we're going to love him. I wouldn't say that we need to kind of expect playoffs or uh, NCAA tournament bursts in the first season. Kind of That just kind of depends on how uh, the guys that we get in the transfer portal. I think that the portal is going to be key for us. We have... I mean, I saw this report on April Fool's, so I don't know if this one was entirely true. I also saw one from a Texas Tech account on Instagram. I kind of woke up and opened up the Instagram app and saw this and forgot that it was April 1st. But uh, I saw something about how Texas Tech landed Caleb Love, and then I said to myself, oh my gosh, this can't be real. And then I scrolled down, and it was April Fool's Day, and I was like, dang it, I forgot. So that was really unfortunate to see because I thought that we had actually done that, but that would have been crazy. But the other guy that I saw is kind of talking to, which I hope is true. I think it is true because it took the uh, the transfer report was the one that was talking about it. So, I mean, this would be insane if we can land Caleb Grill, the uh, Iowa State transfer, who is a sharpshooter and solid on the defensive end. I mean, what more could you ask for? We have a guy, Matt Steph, coming in. I think that's how you say his last name, but uh, he's coming in next year and he's a sharpshooter so adding a guy like Caleb Grill who's established in this league and in college basketball being able to come in and help on the offensive and defensive side that would be great for this team if we could get a guy like that that would boost my expectations up pretty high and that might even even be able to help us attract a few more guys to come and play with him so the transfer portal is going to be very key when you're talking about the future of Texas Tech basketball we got to kind of see the guys that we get. we got to see who we retain, and it'll be fun to see. I'm excited to see where this team goes. I'm excited to see how this offseason kind of shakes out. You know, let's see what happens. 
it's kind of wait and see when you get a new head coach. But Mark Adams, it was kind of a, you know, we see that the guys who were there wanted to return and play for him, and that was great. It's a little bit different. We hired a guy outside, and we're going to see what kind of players want to come play for him, what kind of players want to play a lot of defense, and hopefully a lot of offense, too, depending on who we get with the assistant coaches. But, yeah, I'm excited for basketball. I'm excited to see what the baseball and softball teams do. Texas Tech sports are on the uprise, and I'm here for it. I am very much so here for it. So, that being said, I think I'll end this one now. Thank you for coming and listening to the Monday Mailbag episode. My name is Chris, and um, I will talk to you guys next week. Maybe I'll be on a podcast here or there throughout the week, but for the most part, I will see you guys on Monday.